Welcome back to the Dune Hippie Podcast. This is going to be episode number four featuring guest Joss Weesey. He's of the Sponsored Rider Podcast. If you're coming from the listener of his show, if you're not coming from the listener of his show, he's got 228 episodes of the Sponsored Rider Podcast that he has produced. Uh, he's not currently producing any more shows of it, um, but when he was producing it, I got to be uh, on two of those shows. You can go check those out if you want, 123 and 205. Um, Josh is someone that, uh, when I got into the world of listening to podcasts, which has only really kind of been in the last couple of years, his show is a show that I kind of found, um, learned quickly that he was from Michigan, he was producing it, ended up running into him at Silver Lake and kind of got to meet him and spark a friendship and uh, we know got to have those shows. And over the years, you know, every time he comes up, usually run into him at the dunes. And uh, this is kind of no exception. I knew when I started this, uh, I wanted to get him on my show at some point. Uh, he had a big involvement in kind of uh, me wanting to pursue this and start this podcast. So he was coming up for the day. He was able to stop by uh, and come in the studio and uh, knock the show out. So super cool to have him stop by. We talked about his show and kind of well, how we started it and how we got involved in it. Um, some of the opportunities that came out of it for him and think different things he had gotten involved in. And, um, and then what he's been kind of doing, been doing since he's kind of stopped producing the show. He's, he, uh, he's getting into the world of RC cars. And, uh, you know, I, I know in the Silver Lake world, that's also another big scene. So he's even getting to the point of starting competition with his RC cars, so that's something he's doing. Uh, we get a little bit of some snowmobiling background he has. Being a Michigan guy, he's got a snowmobiling background, so we get into some of that. So, hope you enjoy this podcast with a good friend of mine, Josh Weesey. Um, and thanks again for listening. Enjoy the show. 20. But I start running my mouth, and I can't stop. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is you really can I mean... <laughs> You really can sit here. I've had to actually like have my phone and look at them because mm -hmm. it's just like, well, and I have the little ticker too to look at. Mm -hmm. But you you really can like, you're just sitting here having a conversation. So you can just sit here and have a conversation and you're like, oh, wait, I'm actually, actually going to put that out. Right. Like I should. Yeah, let's cut it off there. That's good. Right. Because right. if we start this next segue, we're going to, it could go on for tells. a while. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll go ahead and get started now. So right, let's do it. Go ahead and uh, introduce your name, kind of a little background about uh, kind of uh, what you do and uh, yeah. how people might know who you are. Yeah, so my name is Josh Weesey. Uh, most people probably in this world know me for the Sponsored Rider Club podcast. I did that for like three and a half years or something, 228 episodes. Uh, you know, I talk about motorsports marketing and sponsorship. Um, but some people know me from the dunes. I've been coming to the Silver Lake Sand Dunes pretty much my whole life. And, uh, you know, spent a lot of time up here, made a lot of memories, made a few mistakes too along the way <laughs> up here. Uh, you know, there's been injuries, there's been, uh, you know, I've, I've viewed a lot of things here too. So some people have met me here, but yeah, mostly uh, sponsored Rider Club podcast. Um, outside of that, I have, if anybody's listened to Truck Show podcast, I did a, a feature on there before too for the Eaton Proving Grounds out in Marshall, Michigan. So I'm the, the site leader there. So the on-road track, off-road track. Um, test labs, things like that. But, you know, we have a lot of cool testing activities that take place there. So some people may have heard that show. I think it was episode 89, if you want to know more about the Proving Grounds. But uh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's me outside of, uh, you know, family, right? What? You hear about family, right? But no, I got two two little boys, um, five and seven, and they've been in the dunes before and just absolutely loved it. And then my wife, we've been uh, together for 17 years, married 10, 
And uh, she used to come out the dunes. She broke her pelvis back in 08 up ooh, here. And she's like, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't yeah, know that I'm kind of dune it <laughs> anymore. So, uh, yeah, well, that's me, man. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to remember actually now. I'm pretty sure I think I started listening to your show before I ever had met you. So I think I was listening yeah. to your show and then became aware that you were a Duner or kind of the same thing. I either knew yeah. you were a Duner and had a show. And it was kind of in the world of, you know, I really got into podcasts, like listening to a lot of podcasts kind of about two or three years ago. Yep, yep. And your show was one of those shows that I had found that I was got pretty interested in, especially then, yeah, I know one, then once I met you and it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I know this guy. I've yep. met him and yep. kind of get that, yeah, that friendship kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. He's more of like my yep. friend that makes the yep. show. This is cool. So, yep. and then I've got you invited me on your show a couple of times. Yep, so. Yep. That really Do you kind remember of... what episodes those were? I might oh, have to look it up. Oh, man. Yeah, you're you going to have to look it up. Keep going, man. Okay. look it up. Yeah, I'm you look, look it up. up. I should have had that ready. I should have, too. But I do. <laughs> yeah, I think I did two shows with you ultimately so. over the years, which a lot of it was, yeah, focused on my truck. I know one of the shows yeah. was focused on the trip I did out west and yeah. kind of doing the dune trip. But yeah, just kind of that exposure of being able to be like on your show and it was for me, it was pretty exciting. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, yeah. it, was, I, it was at the end, I was like, I don't even care if anyone listens to that. For me, that just was like, <laughs> just so it, it was fun. so much cool yep, being able yep. to kind of tell a story and yep. you get to like relive that stuff. And it's something about, you know, sharing stories with people. Yeah, you get to like, it's a different uh, type of thing. You just get to relive it and you kind of yep. get to explain it in a different way and people can have different insights on different things. So yeah, yeah getting on your show was, you got the numbers there? Yeah, you were on 123. That was the first one. And then you were on 205. 205. So, yeah. Trying to think what 123 was would have been more about. It would so have let's been. See. According to my description, luckily oh, yeah. I keep these things. <laughs> <laughs> luckily my search function works on the website. Duner and Moto Fanatic, Nate McLean, talks truck build, dirt bikes, and social media engagement. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Well, and so your show is what. What was the idea of kind of your idea of sponsorship and like yeah. your idea? Yeah, the Sponsored Rider podcast. Yeah. What what got you down the road of wanting to start a show on how to get marketing and traffic yeah. marketing to, you know, it seems like hob people having, you know, turning hobbies into how to market that. Yeah. That's, that's what your show was kind of about. It was uh, the best planned accident I ever had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so honestly, I, I had no intention, um, of doing a show like that. I knew I was going to do a show. I didn't know what it was going to be about, but I had, uh, I started another business impact fuel. That's essentially what my business is though. The, the podcast is just like an offshoot of it. Uh, impact fuel is what I started with and it was, uh, focused on, you know, raising money for charity, but using the off-road community. And part of that is a lot of people would reach out to me and be like, Yo, bro, man, could I like get sponsored by you, bro? And like, okay, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> like, I'm a charity organization. I had, I don't have money. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? And uh, even worse, they 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 do this thing like, oh, can I run your fuel? I'd love to run your fuel. Like, well, I mean, Impact Fuel is a pun. Like, it's a playoff of impactful. I don't actually produce fuel. You would know this, okay? Right? If you looked at my if you looked website, into the company, yes, anything, right? Instagram, Facebook, doesn't like anything. You okay, would know this. I do not produce fuel. 
You, uh, you don't I'm, have a product, yeah, of right. fuel to buy. <laughs> right. I, so I know you cannot run my fuel uh, in whatever in your bike, right? Uh, so that that started happening, and, and then I started building relationships with people, and and they would talk about some of their challenges. Um, and I was on a couple other podcasts, and people were like, "Yeah, I wish I just knew how to get sponsored. Like I would do it." Oh well, I mean, I could. I don't know how to, but I like business. I like off road stuff. I like motorsports. Let's just do that. So I uh, I created a show around it and uh, created an idea. There was maybe two or three people I was bouncing it off of. Like, yeah, like, yo, listen to that. You know, kind of giving you that feedback that you need to go. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, okay, maybe I will they're do excited. It. Yeah, yeah. It was enough to say let's let's try it. You know, I didn't know anything about podcasting or sponsorship, so it made perfect sense to create a podcast about sponsorship. Right, <laughs> like, I didn't know about it. Um, so I, I built this thing out and I, I got a, a guest lined up right away. And Tristan Lowe was his name. He was an ATV racer. And uh, he was 16, right? Okay. And I was like, hey, you want to like be on my show? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, same thing. Something probably he's never done before. Right. So super excited about it. Kind of this, that's the experience that I have of living. You know, when you, right. when you add, getting a message from you like, oh, wow, man. You, you think people would listen to like something I got to say? Cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I'll come on there and talk. Yeah, and let's do it. Yeah, it gets you pretty pumped up to be like, oh, well. Oh, and someone notices something I'm doing, you know, yeah. same thing. I have the amount of time I have into the things I do. Yeah. It's like, oh, you notice someone is noticing what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's like a thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he, I was super excited. He wanted to do it and I I don't know how it's going to be, but let's, let's do it. I, I wrote out a script, you know, and at least a script of questions and we did the interview and I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. I said, well, I'm going to test this thing out. I, I don't even know, really know how to release it or edit it yet, but I'll play around with it. Well, I accidentally released it. Yeah, just like clicking buttons and so, figuring stuff well, yeah, what out. What I did was I, I I gave him a link and I said let's let's play with this right and he he put it on tw- the link on Twitter and uh, and he had a little bit of a following so people started downloading I was like oh I did what did I do I didn't mean this I I was planning on stacking up ten or fifteen shows oh okay yep. you know and getting like a a nice I I didn't even know if I wanted to release it yet right I wanted yeah to you're kind of just experimenting with right. his ideas and uh, so we. It was out there, and it started getting downloads, and it was a decent amount. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just doing this. And uh, I want to do one every week. That was my goal, right? I'm yep. doing every week. Consistency is, is really strong in, in the podcast world. I was like, oh, well, now I've got like four days to find another guest and do another one. <laughs> yeah, the pressure. You're like, yeah, that yeah, that little like bit of idiot. thrill. You're like, oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. People listen. I need yeah. to do that again now. So I got the next the, the next guest on, Jeff Vanustel of TopThePodium.com. Uh, and we did our, our show and it was great. I was like, wow, this is like, this could be good. I think people might like this show. And I go to start doing my editing stuff. The whole audio file was corrupt. <laughs> oh, Just no. garbage. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, I mean, time's tight. I still got, you know, full-time job and everything. And I, so I called Jeff back up. I'm like, hey man, uh, wow, dude, this is embarrassing, but I botched the whole thing. Right. I yeah. I lost the file. Lost the file. It was my fault. I had some weird setup issue and. He's like, oh, no problem. Let's do it again. You know, So we do it again, and uh, it was great, you know, and we kept going. And uh, I think on episode four, I got Jim Beaver to come on. Um, okay. And for people who don't know Jim Beaver, he's big in the, the desert world. Um, yep. He's big in the podcasting. And he came on and, and honestly took me to the next level, right, in terms of, you know, he started sharing and promoting it, and he got me connected with a whole bunch of other guests. Okay. He kind of told me what I was doing wrong. Yeah, some, kind of some mentorship from right. him. Right, exactly. And then uh, Jeff Vanistall, or Vanistall, he comes back to me on episode six. He's like, hey, I'd like to sponsor your show. 
I'm like, really? I totally botched it. Like, are you sure you, you want to do this, right? And so he came on as a sponsor in episode six, and uh, he was with me until the the, the very end nice. as a sponsor. But I was like, wait, hold on. Now I'm actually able to do this and make some money, right? Like, this is, uh, I got to keep going. Yeah, the time yeah. has turned from investing hobby time into, oh, yeah. this is like, there's a return on this. Yeah, this is a thing. You know, I'm helping people. They're helping me. I enjoy it. You know, it's helped me fund my hobbies. I'm like, okay, maybe I will keep doing this. So that that was the that was kind of start um, as I was bringing guests on. Right, I I didn't know anything. Like, I, I everybody yeah. says that, but like I really did not know anything. Yeah, literally. I mean, well, I kind of feel in the same boat. I mean, your story yeah. is similar to how this podcast started. It was I drug my feet for so long that it got to a point where I got will kalinda in here for the first one i said you yeah. know what if i just record it and get a file on my computer i right. at least have a file on my computer and then i can <laughs> right. figure out what i do with that file on my yeah. computer and i yeah. you know i did it i worked through my process that way to yeah. the point where now it's like okay so i've gotten the full cycle it's like okay i know how to get someone in here i know how to get it fully right. edited i know how to get it uploaded right all right now i need to figure out some you know and it is it's yeah i'm, I'm in that early stages of mm-hmm. where you were at yeah several yeah. years yeah. ago and it is, it's that kind of exciting addict. I'm, I think it takes, like, I'm very addicted just to learning new things. You yeah. know, it could be almost anything, but yeah. yeah, if it's something that I'm interested in, yeah, that addiction of kind of like, oh, that was cool. Okay, right. what's next? What right. what do I got to learn next? How yeah. do I do this? Like this, this guy, you know, same thing. This guy does this in his show and that's cool. How do I, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of that process. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know you were talking about that with Adam Dooling. Uh, on episode three, right? Like about yep. the, I just, I just want to try it. I want to do it, you know? Yup. And uh, it's fun. It can be, a, it can be a lot of fun. It's scary, but that's part of the fun. Yeah. Um. So how did then the show, how did that develop then over time of, yeah, that process for you of just like kind of winging it of, well, yep, yeah. just get to this next thing. And how did it, yeah, develop? And because the thing that I, I, I would, I will admit at being on your, I, I think I've been on three or four podcasts yeah. yep. and being on your show you were definitely the the most like um i don't know how to even say this just like you had like structure oh yeah that's, you know you that's hit me up with an email it. and they had this like hey yeah. here's a here's some questions that we might talk about and yep. this here's the time and the, like my whole thing is like you hit me up in the dms and yeah. like yeah, yeah here we go it's like you know the thing about it it, it kind of intimidated but at if after i thought about it in some kind before we did the show the first time it was like yeah. man this guy like I actually had this like trust. I was like, dude, this guy's legit. Yeah. This is like, he knows what he's doing. You're sh- you have so much structure. Like, yeah, this guy's pretty legit. Yeah. That was my thought going into it. And that was the thing that I always liked about your show was like, you have a good amount of structure. Yeah. And it was like, you knew what to expect. It was a, it was a very like refined product, I felt like. Yeah. It, there's, a, there's a whole strategy behind that. Part of that is uh, my background is process engineering. Okay. So you know, creating structure and, and repeatability and, you know, minimizing variation, right? That's just part of what I've done anyways. But uh, another part is I, I've done a lot of business research and you, if you make yourself appear bigger than you really are, you create uh, a whole different type of presence and following. Um, so yeah, very early on, I, even my first episode, I had a script of questions, right? I could allow for free flow uh, you know, I, I eventually learned a scheduling tool, send out the link with this, with the calendar, yep. um, from a scheduling standpoint and, uh, you know, all the follow-ups, it's just like, goes back to my, my background and I've, I've been managing people for, you know, since like 2005 as well. Okay. So, back to your day job experience. Right. So set clear expectations 
and then following up and make sure those expectations are understood and then checking in again. Uh, so that was, that, that was kind of my intent behind that. And it helps. My intent was also to reduce the anxiety. Sometimes it did the opposite, right? Like mm-hmm. we just said, some, some people be like, I don't know. Like there's just so many questions and so much stuff to think about. I was like, don't even like, we'll just throw the outline away then. Forget it. Yeah. We're well, done with the outline. Yup. And right? that's where I, I relate to that. Where like I said, yeah. initially the first day after I was like, oh man, what did I just do? Because it was <laughs> like, I felt that I was like, I just felt like with that, the income I got from you, I was like, oh, yeah. people are going to actually listen to this one. Yeah. Is the, I, this is kind of what I felt. So the yeah. idea of making a bigger present, it definitely did in my mind. It yes. was like, okay, I got it. Maybe where then I, like I said, after a couple of days went by and then before we actually even ever did it, I yeah. was cool with it. Cause then I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm just going to follow this guy. Cause he knows right. what he's doing. He's, yeah. He yeah. seems legit. Yeah. It, it's uh it's an interesting process. Um, you know, it has some, some pros and cons. The other, the other part of it too is that was kind of part of the lesson to folks is like coming in with a plan, uh, to a sponsor, right. That is, that's an expectation. Uh, so I, I felt like as a, a little bit more of a professional podcast, I had to do that. And I also, in that podcast, I marketed it as clean, you know, so I didn't have any cussing or anything like that. So I felt like the image kind of, played into that now i will tell you to be full transparency right now i'm, I'm not even recording episodes of the show sometimes i wish we could just let loose a little bit more yeah because i was always there was always that limit like nah let's just no let's just keep this thing tight right yep yeah you had a that's where i say you you had a product i felt yeah. you had where you know with this show I, i'm gonna say I, yeah i don't really know what the product of this show right, is yet right. right now we're kind of in that early stage of it is very loose just let's go and i for me i'm just trying to create what i what i like exactly. but at the same time i look at what i like and i like i like when i listen to some podcasts that free flow you go man i don't know what i'm gonna get with this right, people right and it, it's always interesting yep. and then at the sometimes looking back on your show the thing i did like was i did like the consistency of yeah. your net where i was like oh i'm gonna check out this episode i know what i'm gonna get right, like right. so there's there is different ways about it. And like, even myself, I I do like both ways. Yep. So it's, it's something that, yeah. It's variation, right? Everybody, everybody yeah. has different podcasts they listen to and they can change it up. Exactly. Right? Um, so like I said, from a creativity standpoint, sometimes I felt a little bit limited by that. Yeah. But at the same point, it was something I could somewhat automate, right? I had my yeah. standard templates for the different people and I could automate that in it. Over time, I was reducing the amount of time spending, developing, and yep. uh, editing, and all that. Even now, I, I had it. I had enough process set up where I could hand my notes to somebody and if let needed, them do it, and they could and do it. it. I never, yeah. I never got to that point, but I have all of those notes. Even if I get back into it, right, I can go back in and yeah. every editing sequence, all the things I hit, and what order. Um, so that was that played into it. But yeah, sometimes, like I said, it felt a little bit restrictive. Um, but, you know, I didn't know either what it was going to evolve into. Even the title of the podcast, right? Sponsored Rider Club yeah. Podcast. It got confusing later on. Because... Yeah, with someone like me coming on. That's right. kind of it. That it, I would say I I did feel the intimidating part was I listened, you know, at that point I had listened to a lot of your shows. And it was, you know, you had these in the world of off-road, in the yep. niche world of Instagram off-world, you know, these big name people, yep. you know, to me who are, you know, kind of celebrity status. Yep. And then I'm like... Man, I just, I don't know. I'm not really like promoting anything other yeah. than like I just go to the dunes as much as possible <laughs> right, in this right. thing I built in my garage. Right. Like that's what I'm doing. Right. And I think, and a lot of people do get, 
it's kind of funny. I show up at a lot of events and I get, I genuinely get hit up by a lot of people that yeah. are like, like I've, I've been, you know, kind of showing face to the same people and same events for a couple of years now. And they're like, dude, like what's, what's your MO? Like, yeah. what are you doing? I'm like, I'm here to like go to the dunes. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, right. dude, I see you everywhere we go, but we're like running a business. You're just yeah. here. I'm like, yeah, I'm just here. Right. Right. I'm just like, that's, I'm here for the dunes. Yeah. No. It's, <laughs> so it's. But it it was that's something the I have experienced through that some of the the marketing you know I've been more interested in some of the marketing for the aspect I have you know hit up with some people you know some like doing therapy is one of the very first people that ever hit me up shirt on right now yeah 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 I'm wearing their sweatshirt right now exactly because they're a company that they hit me up because that's what I do they say yeah it's like. He he, pretty much hit me up and was like, "Hey man, I want to like, would you wear some of the, our stuff if you check right. it out?" I checked it out. I was like, "Yeah, it's all dope." Like, yeah. I was like, "I'm not really like into like buying a bunch of stuff though. Like, I don't really have a need to like buy a bunch of clothes." Right. He's like, "No nah, man, I'm just gonna like yeah, send you stuff it. if you'll wear it." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, dude." Like, he's like, "You post all the time. You're in the dunes all the time." He's like, "That's perfect. That's exactly." What, and I was like, "Man, it just like exact. It kind of I liked that flow. For me, I never really went after everything. It was yeah. like I liked the flow yeah. of." exactly for me it was just a hobby thing so coming to your yeah. show i felt very like dude i don't know i don't really want to like t- i'm kind of like ah just chill man it'll yeah. come to you like yeah where i would see on the flip side the thing listening to your show is like you would get just legit straight advice from top professionals yeah. Yeah. in the industries that are saying look this is my format this is how i do it and this is how it works right and it would for me i went through kind of like I did get, I think listening from your show, I really felt like, man, if I really wanted to do this, I really right. feel like I have tools that like, but it just, it got to the point where I was like, for my day, I enjoy my day job. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy going to the dunes. I enjoyed like the no stress thing about it. Yeah. And so I've kind of settled into this structure, but for somebody that, you know, and even to this day, your podcasts are still out there. Somebody, right, right. you know, somebody who's trying to race a dirt bike that's 15, 16, or, you know, even just local stuff. Yeah. To listen to some of your shows and get some of the, sometimes it's almost like I felt very like you get done and go, wow, that's common sense. How did I not think of that? Right, right. How did I not understand, you know, what, you know, that concept before? It's so simple to do where, but it's so effective and you hear, but you sometimes just need to hear that. So like what's over the time of that process? Yeah. Whatever you, how many shows was it? 200? 228 is what I am. So 228 shows. Yeah, what's like uh you've got to be like a marketing genius at this point from just getting con I mean you've gotten influence from so many yeah. people. Cuz quite honestly like I said before I I didn't really know what I was doing and then the show started evolving as I learned more. I started realizing like, you know, for you for example, what you were doing is very similar to what, you know, a top racer was doing. It's just on different scales, right? But it's yeah. the same it's the same process. It just depends on how far you want to take it. And uh, so I started expanding into different things and I, I just kept learning more and more. So then I started branching off into episodes. I would do my own solo shows, right? That was never my intent. I was always going to interview people. But then I started thinking there's actually value to do me doing a show where I'm just talking about a topic, you know? So I, I would create shows around one specific topic instead of the, the interviews where we'd cover a host of topics. Mm-hmm. I started just breaking out into the, into the very specific ones and I, I started getting really comfortable with talking about the stuff on my own, right? Just from lessons learned. And then I you, I started doing my own research, right? I was reading books on this stuff. And, you know, at work, I, I've been able to get a lot of exposure to this stuff too in my day job. So, yeah, to an extent, I start 
people would view me as an expert. I still feel like I don't know anything. Like the more you know, the less you feel like you know. But uh, I feel competent enough now where I can help guide people. And that, that was the whole intent of the show. That's what it turned into, your guide to motorsport sponsorship. That ended up being my, you know, my slogan. Um, but yeah, even today, I just did a show yesterday with Eric Swan Racing. And uh, yeah, I, I haven't done a podcast since May. And then I was on two back-to-back. Yeah, back-to-back, Mr. Like, podcast. Yeah, still, like, he's still doing it. <laughs> but it was the same same thing. You know, I, I, I was ended up giving advice on there about sponsorship. I was like, where does this even come from? It just flows from some weird part of my brain now like, yeah, i mean what's what's happen? 228 shows relate to an hour though how many hours uh, of conversation about marketing and off-road sponsorship and racing and yeah because it, it's hard to measure because almost every show right there's a little pre-talk there's follow-up afterwards there's uh you run into people at events uh you know i would go to a special event i don't know i don't even know most of my shows are around an hour hour and a half um, that's what i mean the the hours that you you know you do think about it's yeah yeah it ends up being a lot what's um some of the things what's maybe some of the ex- so maybe the experiences out of the show i know one of the things that i you know i remember watching your process through was like uh your involvement with like scanning motorsports when yep. you got to do it was a mint 400 wasn't it yeah uh, vegas torino vegas torino okay yep. same concept but yeah so yeah what was that like being able so there was yeah. Was that something that Ooh, was... I just got shivers, just chills. Just thinking about it. Oh, it was so cool. Reliving it. Yeah. So, yeah, what was... What, that was fully out of something out of the podcast that came about, yeah. your involvement with them. And yeah. yeah, so what was that like about how did it get involved? How did you get involved with them? And what was the experience like of getting to go out and race? Yeah. You know, the... Yeah, exactly. An off-road race, Vegas Arena. Yeah, so the... I'll go back to the, the very start of it. It was in 2017. That was my first time going out there. And for people who don't know, Vegas Reno, it's the longest off-road race in the U.S. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, it's it's it ranges between 500 and 550 miles in the Nevada desert. Now, Baja 500 is comparable to Vegas Torino. Um, Baja 1000, obviously, double. Yeah. But, you know, Dakar is, like, a whole nother. If people know Dakar, it's, like, multi-day. I don't even know how many miles, but it's crazy. Um, but it's, this is the longest off-road race in America. And I got a call from Jimmy Moore of Bold Racing. So Jimmy Moore has been on my show multiple times. Uh, He was one of my longest sponsors uh, as being part of Bold Racing. He's like, hey, man, you want to come be part of my pit crew? And, you know, I'm like, "Uh, pit crew? I mean, I I can turn wrenches and stuff, but I'm not, like, I'm not great. Yeah, you're not, I'm not like a weekend warrior mechanic for a race team. Yeah, I mean, give me some duct tape and some zip ties. (laughs) I can make things happen. Yeah. But uh, he's like, no, it doesn't matter, man. Just come on out. Like, let's, let's have a good time and uh, we'll do a show. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do that. That sounds amazing. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things too, when you get into the, the world of social media nowadays, there's so many times where I'm like, yeah, I met this dude online. I'm gonna go out and fly out to Vegas Uh, and like hang out with him. Like, met him online? Yeah, 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 it's cool though. Like it's it's not weird. It's it's cool. But I'm gonna be staying at their house, you know. But it's it's fine. Yeah, I know the feeling. Trust <laughs> me. Uh, was I think like 11 p.m. It, I'm like out in California pulling my truck going yeah. to Pismo, yeah. and I want to swing into this dude's house that I've followed on Instagram for like eight years. And my wife's like, "Where are we going? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna swing into this guy's house. I've like followed him for like eight years. He's yeah. been doing these sick builds, blah blah." And she's like you kidding me it's 11 at night and we're like 2,000 miles from home and it's like dude it's yeah, totally fine it's legit he's got the sickest truck you'll yeah. wait till you see it <laughs> you know what it's like 
uh, are you kidding me right now? You're this is what you're doing with the this oh, yeah. is the situation we're going into yeah. right now. Yes, totally fine. Yeah. I'm, he's I'm up from the internet. This. I talked to him all the time. Yeah, I had the same thing as so I'm, now I'm stepping way back and getting off track. But in January of 17, I went out. I got invited to go out uh, snowmobiling in Idaho Falls with a guy that I met online. And uh, I call one of my buddies up, who's big time snowmobiler, and he's down for anything. I was like, "Hey, man, you want to go out to Idaho?" He's like, "Yeah." Like, what? What do you? What are we gonna do? Like, he was already in. Yeah, like, just... we're gonna go ride snowmobiles with some dude. He's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's. You want to? When do you want to go? <laughs> it's got to be that like addiction to just mystery. Where like yeah. even me, even you saying that I'm interested. Like, dude, it. So he knows where he's going, but we don't. That sounds awesome. Right, like, I right. totally want to follow a guy through some on a sled through some mountains. That right. like, if he knows where he's going, and I can just follow him like with trust. Right. Awesome. We're let's good. go. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> and it was a blast. Now, like, oh, this dude's never taken this pass. I don't know. Like, oh, now I'm sketched. <laughs> now I'm a little well, worried. <laughs> I will tell you. So Curtis, he it ended up being a blast, and uh, you know, we felt safe the whole time. Um, but he's a he he he'll push you right. Mm-hmm. And I've been riding snowmobiles my whole life. I mean, like. It's one of those things when I'm, I'm a baby, I'm riding on a snowmobile, falling asleep. And uh, so I'm thinking I got this down, right? Like, no big deal. I can ride. And, uh, well, I can ride on trails in Michigan, right? It's a whole different riding style. I can ride hard and I can ride fast, but it's different. Than out, like, mount- than so mountain. So you're riding. out in mountains now, yeah. deep snow, yep. totally different environment. Everything is opposite. Like, you think, oh, just like with drifting, right? Like, you think, oh, I need to turn right. You know, so I can turn right. No, 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 not necessarily. Uh, okay, yeah, necessarily. the concepts are all opposite of instincts. Everything's opposite of instincts. So we get out there, and I'm constantly rolling this sled. It's like a $25,000 <laughs> fully built sled. Okay, is it like a rental? Did you rent a no, sled out there? No, it was this guy. This guy's oh, like, this yeah, guy. I my sled, man. <laughs> I got a new one. You can use my old 25K one or whatever. Okay, it's just yeah. the, the old beater. And... uh so I'm ripping this thing, just flipping it over constantly, and we're up. You're up in the mountains, and I, I was in pretty good shape then. And I'm like, <gasps> this dude's okay, 62, yeah. and just, <laughs> bah, 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 you know, no, no issues going up this mountain. Me and my, my buddy's the same way. He's flipping it over constantly, and we're like, dude, what do we get ourselves into? But either way, so he he got us to the point where we can get up the mountain and get to some spot, and he's like, all right, guys. I remember this very vividly. He's like, he takes us up to this big drop off. He's like. You're gonna go right down there, and we, we kind of edge up. I mean, it's, we edge up to the and look down, and we're like, "No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, hey, I'm we, not. we cussing on this or no? Is this like I can't? Yeah, really clean? this is. I was free. like, "Fuck no, dude. we ain't going down there." <laughs> yeah. And my buddy looked at him. I was like, "You gonna go down there?" He's like, "No, dude. No, we ain't. Gonna, no, no, no." And the guy's like, "It's easy." How old is this guy? This guy's 62 at the time. <laughs> Jeez. And just, he's telling you how. So what's this drop? How big is it? A, a million feet. I don't even know. A million dude. feet. Okay, it, realistic feet. Fifty to a hundred. I would say at least a hundred. But the problem is, but there's still, trees. I'm, okay, so you've got to what? Clear trees to get to you a. You got to like side hill, and it's I don't know the angle right. If I talk about grade, it's probably about a sixty to sixty-five percent grade, which is probably about a forty-degree angle. Yeah, that's pretty angle. steep. In in eight foot of snow. When I say eight foot, I mean really eight foot of snow. Okay, yeah, you're up in mountains. And there's trees. There's yeah. no path, dude. <laughs> it's not like I can see, like, oh, dude, well, worst case, I bail right there. No, you don't worst case anything. You, hit you the tree. make it, and that's it. And we're like, we're not doing it, man. We're not doing it. He's like, fine, man. I'm going to, like, and he just does it and just side hills and comes back up the thing and finds, like, the three inches available to get through, and he rips through it. We're like, dude, we can't even go up a normal like a 20 degree slope without flipping this thing over. You think we're going to go down this hill? 
Yeah, to where if you flip it on that, you're falling We're down toast. into trees. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I've got your $25,000 sled. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But either way, it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot. <laughs> learned how to get unstuck a lot. Uh, had a blast. But all right, back to Vegas Torino. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll get into snowmobiles woo! later because I wanted to get down to snowmobiles, actually. Yeah. But yeah, let's go back to the desert first. Right, so back desert. to the desert. So Bold Racing invites me out there. We run this race. The first time we did it with him, with his team, he finished. It was his first time running the race. Um, it was 19 hours. Um, and I we did drink some energy drinks. To yeah. Get through that, right? And, uh, you know, 19 hours, um, he finished like 13th or 14th spot. The thing about these desert races, people don't finish. Okay, right. yeah, and what what is he racing? He's racing UTVs, right? Yeah, he was racing a UTV, uh, uh, naturally aspirated. He had a Yamaha 1000 Okay, he was running. And, uh, you know, so he, he finished the race, and I'm like, oh, no big deal. You finished, and you look at the, half the pack doesn't finish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? it's not even about positions. million-dollar trophy trucks that aren't finishing. Yeah, exactly. So either way, it was, it was a blast, learned a lot, and then I went back the next two years. So the third year, though, comes back to, to Scanlon Motorsports. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Moore couldn't run the race. Something came up. I can't remember what it was now. Last minute, he's like, dude, I hate to do this to you, but man, we can't run the race this year. And I was like, oh, like, man, I, I look forward to this so Yeah, much. so like, what, third year yeah, going it into it? You're like, year. oh, yeah, okay, this is kind of cool. We've done it yep. two years in a row now. And Jimmy always had a booth there. So the day before, it's it's a multi-day event. You know, you, you, you sit and you watch all the trophy trucks drive by and you can talk to anybody, right? Like Fox Racing has a booth there. BF Goodrich has a booth. And you just talk to people. I'd walk around and get interviews, and it was like the coolest thing. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to do any of that this year unless I find a ride. Yeah. And uh, so I called up one of my other sponsors, Solderweld. I was with them for a long time. I actually met them at Vegas Reno. And uh, they were like, dude, you can set up podcasts in our booth. Like, it's going to be awesome. And then uh, I was like, man, but where am I going to get a ride at? You know? Yeah. And uh, I don't even remember how I made the exact connection, but I had been talking with Brandon Scanlon. Um, or sorry, Craig Scanlon, Brandon Scanlon is a dude I used to work with, but <laughs> Craig Scanlon, he, uh, at the time he was the, the president of Polaris. Um, okay. so, you know, he's obviously running Polaris Razors and sponsored by them. Now he's the uh, president of Trans-American Auto Parts, which owns four wheel parts. Yep. Okay. Right. So that was kind of the, I, yeah, that's how I made the connections. I called up Joey D. Um, so if anybody's in the UTVs, you probably know UTV Underground. Joey mm-hmm. D started that, and then he now he's uh, president at, at Four Wheel Parts or a director at Four Wheel Parts. Either way, I called him up and I was like, "Hey, man, do you think I could get a ride with somebody?" He's like, "Oh yeah, you can ride with Craig and his crew." And Craig Scanlon, if you don't know this this group, Scanlon Motorsports, they are legit. Like Jimmy Moore is amazing, but they're family owned and operated grassroots racing. Yeah, like, for like a family team, they're legit. Right. They're legit family, for family team, team, right? Now um, this now. The Scanlon team is like corporate. They are legit. They are crazy legit, right? So his, you know, they've got multiple trucks fully wrapped, multiple um, Polaris Razors fully built, and he's a competitive. He's won Baja, right? Okay, yeah, like he's he's a competitive racer, and uh, man, just getting to be with that crew and see how watch them operate, and right? You know, like what we were talking about before with uh, the structure of my show, right? They had a structure for everything. Yeah, strategy. Um, Jimmy did too, but like it was just to the next level where they'd be planning this stuff for weeks and months, and um, it was really awesome. Unfortunately, they did have a the the silliest things will take you out of a race, right? So yeah, something silly happened, um, and it, it took them out of the race at like mile marker 80, 80 something. But um, it was so cool just being able to ride out with them, and we broke down. They broke down in the middle of the desert, so I'm with the pit crew. We're ripping through the desert, going to find them. 
Yeah. We just got to recover them. Like, this is retrieval. But you're, yeah, you're still, exactly. The retrieval team has still got to rip through yeah, the desert to go is, find them. This is still a once in a lifetime <laughs> experience. I mean, we just lost the race. Yup. Early on, mile 82, right? We're not even a fifth of the way yeah. down at the race. I was like, this is badass, man. Just yeah, you're trying to like, you're trying to keep it contained because everyone else who does this for the yeah. living, they're like bummed and like yeah, crap. It, and you're sitting there like, right. Whew, right. Keep keep the smile down a little bit because you don't want to be, you right. know, everyone's but, a little bummed. You get and you see Craig, right? And he's, this isn't his first race, race that he's gotten knocked out of. And Craig's a, a professional guy, right? He's been a leader for a long time. And he's like, this is where we're at. This is what happened. Let's start prepping for the next race. Yeah, just immediate. Right. Like, he's already looking at the car and like, well, even if we could fix this right now and run it, quite honestly, we've already got our, our next race in two weeks. This might be a blessing for us to to prepare uh, for the yep. next race. Um, so, he was automatically in the mindset of like, what do we got to do for the next the next? Well, race? it is what's crazy, yeah. I guess, what any level of any sport gets right. to that level. When you're at the top tier, there's a reason you're up at that right. top tier. And yeah, for those people, that's it's their life. Yep. They're you know yep. living, breathing. So yeah, to see a guy react that way, I guess, you know, for yeah, us simply, it's it's not our life, you know, yeah. a hobby for me. But yeah, for that guy, yeah, exactly. Right. It's business. It's life. It's nope, on to the next thing. Let's process, move on. Yep. It's well, That's and he's cool. got a crew too, right? Like a full, uh, you know, a, a paid crew. Yep. And uh, there was a, a small issue that happened the day before with one of his crew members, and he handled it. He's like, no, this is not representative of my brand, mm. right? You're wearing my shirt, and this is not representative of the brand. And that's what I would expect a leader to yeah, do, Yeah, it's a right? legit company. Right, right. So that I thought that was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Um and you know, I ended up partnering with Four Wheel Parts for uh, you know close to a year. No, it was a, it was just a little bit over a year with Four Wheel Parts before I ended the show. And uh, so I got to talk to Craig a lot more after that. Yeah. And, um, you know, find out a little bit more about how he did, did a little bit of mentoring for me too about how he runs his business. Yep. Um, so yeah, man, it's just that the whole the the desert world of people are not part of it like my show was not focused on desert it wasn't supposed to be no well and that's right? the only reason that we kind of go on that aspect is that's where you know my interest in it's right one of the that's one of the one of the things that drew me to your show and that fascinated me is because you're from are you actually from michigan or yeah. indiana yeah i'm from you're michigan. right on the border yeah. though aren't you uh i started it's about the same as uh you know basically 94 so that corridor, I've lived my whole life around yeah, I-94. The so I southwest. was in Belleville, just east of Ann Arbor. That's okay, I, no, okay. I'm thinking, okay, yeah. Now I live, I don't know, since 2006, I've lived on the west side. Yes, okay, the um, southwest Kalamazoo. corner. Yep. Yep. Kalamazoo is a real place for people who are yes. listening outside of Michigan. It does exist. So that's what, yes, I remember finding your show now. And yeah, for me, being in trucks and the stuff that I'm into, yeah, yeah. the desert racing kind of stuff is always something I'm drawn to. and. Mm-hmm. I found your show, which then I met. It was like, oh, this guy goes to Silver Lake. Oh, he's from Michigan. Oh, he knows people like out in the West Coast yeah. and like does shows out there. Is into desert racing. Like that was a big draw for me yeah. to come to the show. But wh- yeah, what was I guess? What was the interest? Yeah, with yeah, the out off the desert off road, or was it something that organically just happened with the guests? It happened organically, organically with the guests, but I can't lie, I was drawn to it. Okay, because like, I, I wondered what the relation is. So, have, for like Silver Lake, you've yeah. been coming to Silver Lake then. So, what's like yeah. the history for you with Silver Lake and coming here and that relation of yep. Silver Lake, the vehicles that you see here, relating to you know a lot of vehicles you see out west and that type of thing. Yeah, so I it started with my dad. Okay, um, so my dad, uh, 
and I'm just going to give the context now because I might get emotional. I'm going to try not to, but he did just pass away unexpectedly end of uh, August, and Silver Lake was one of his favorite places. But, uh, you know, he went, he started going there back in the 70s. You know, he, he graduated high school in 73, and he had a uh, uh, a ton of different vehicles he brought up here, but there was one of the 75 F-250, Big Red is what he called it, right? Nice, okay, yeah. Uh, he would come up here with his buddies just all the time. He, the, the dunes used to go the other direction. So yeah, so that's the thing. Is, yeah, I mean, I was not even alive then, but right. yeah, different era of dunes. Like, yeah. totally different than Hardly the era Hardly any we rules. Lived. Like, yeah. he literally has told could me drive stories. your trucks out into the lake. Going to the lake. He, he's told me stories where he took, he had a rope tied up to somebody on basically like a surfboard. Yep. He's ripping along the lake. With yeah, in the surfing, water, right? surfing like, the water. That's yeah. just what they did. Uh, he's like, yeah, because you used to come up Mount Baldy, right? That was your the entrance hill. Okay, yep. He said, people didn't just drive in the entrance hill. Like... You didn't have, you know, sometimes you go out there now and you see some crazy vehicles. You're like, how did you get out? Yeah, some just little, like, stock little front-wheel drive yeah. car. They just aired down the tires right and yeah. got it in here. And he's like, that shit didn't happen back then, man. And he yeah. said, if it did, I was always towing them back out. Yeah. And uh, But either way, you know, it, the, it. I don't even think it was... Uh, it was. It, I know it's not always safe now, but it was even less safe. Back yeah, then, right? yeah, no direction at all. Yeah. And nothing. I think alcohol was like, yeah, that's cool, man. You bring some alcohol. Yeah. yeah, probably not promoted, but probably not like, <laughs> not probably not even like looked at either. Yeah, yeah. So it was a different game, and uh, all of his friends went up there. And uh, you know, when I was when I was a kid, I don't remember the exact age. I think it was like eight or nine. You know, it was the first time I went there, and um, I'm 33 now. But uh, that that was when I went there, and he had this this F one fifty with the four point six at the time when they it was like a ninety seven F one fifty or something, and uh, so he took me out on that, and he's I'm like, dude, this is nuts, and I'd been on quads and snowmobiles, so I like I love this stuff, and the, I had never had like I can remember the exact moment, the excitement I saw when I saw Test Hill, and I was like, we're gonna go up this, yeah, and my dad's like, well, yeah, like of course we are, <laughs> and um. Man, it was just it was just such experience. I got to take my seven year old. Uh, yeah, last kind year of at this relive time. the same exact that, thing, right? And um, it was just nuts. So he went up the hill. Of course, he had to try like a hundred times. He sold the truck literally. I think the week after that, because he's like, Be- "This truck is it's not a good dune truck. <laughs> it's, just not, it's just not a truck. If it can't make it up Test Hill, it's not a truck." And uh, so either way, man, we we went up then, and I've been coming up, you know, at least once or twice uh, a year since then. I remember you were talking to Adam Dooling too, and one of your comments was like, "How do people do this if they're four hours away?" Right? Yeah, the pa- yeah the people that live. And that's what most- we were, right? Exactly. We were like four, four and a half hours away, and you're like, "Man, you got to make a trip out of it." Yeah. So either way, you know, we came up then, and he took me up multiple times after that, and then I got old enough, you know, I was 16. I started bringing quads up here and my own stuff, and um, you know, just been coming up ever since then. I don't know how many different vehicles I've had up here now. It's it's been a lot. But, uh, you know, I've had ATVs of probably three or four different ATVs, two different side-by-sides, probably like five different trucks, yeah. know, all my dad's trucks, my brother's trucks. The constant progression of... Yeah, just like... and is Yeah, there's always that little mental thing of like when you're looking for a new vehicle, you're like, well, I got to be able to take it to the dunes, I need to be able to haul this i need yeah. to be able to do this with it but yeah one of the checklists is always like yeah. needs to be able to go to the dunes <laughs> it's like yeah it's like always <laughs> on the top man and uh you know it's it's funny too because in michigan it's still surprising how many people don't know yeah it really is unbelievable even yeah. kind of locally because i mean yeah 40 you know i grew up in a town 45 minutes from here right. 
and it, yeah, like, you know, they're my friends are kind of friends that from high school we developed, we were, we were the people from my school that went to Silver Lake. Yeah. There's only a couple of us really, yeah. you know, most of the kids, yeah, we were, you know, they had no clue what we were doing. It was like, you know, even moto kids, like, where are you taking those dirt bikes all the time to yeah. go riding sand? And like, that's stupid. Sand sucks. And yeah. it's like, nah, you don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's like something else. It's 40 minutes away. Just come. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. So yeah, we, we would get these big trips going all the time and, and it was, it's just always been a lot of fun. And, and even last year I said, uh, I came here last October, I brought my kids and I brought my dad. It was the last time that obviously he went up to, on, on test Hill, but, uh, you know, we had a really good time together and it was like, man, like I actually spoke about it at his eulogy, you know, uh, it was the, I remember the first time going up with my dad and the last time going up with my dad. Yeah. Right? He was driving the first time. I was driving the, the second time. Wow, right? that's yeah, that's pretty crazy. And like, it's just to to have that experience to me, it's been really special. And I, I remember, gosh, this is so crazy. People used to think I was nuts when I was a kid, right? I uh, I had an obsession with it. You know, I, I'd always bring like a little bottle of sand. I, no, I didn't. I don't know. Legally, <laughs> no, I didn't. If anybody yeah. didn't ask me, yeah, I don't know what, about the rules on I don't that know either. I mean, I guess if they see you out there with like a shovel and bags, they're probably <laughs> gonna stop you. But right. yeah, if you could just take a little bottle home. But like, yeah. I had this bottle, man. That I, I I did all the little artwork on it, and uh, and it was like. You know, Silver Lake Sand Dunes. I was just, I was obsessed with it. Every time I draw, I draw sand yeah. dunes stuff. I'd always talk about it. People say, what, if you can go anywhere in the world, where would you go? I'm like, well, I mean, I'm going to go to the sand dunes. They're like, well, don't you go there all the time? Like, yeah, yeah, but I want to go there again. Yeah. Right? And Trust uh, me, man. I I mean, I live here now. That yeah. It's the exact reason. I don't know. You can't explain it to people yeah, because it's, it's something else. I have those same experiences and memories of it. It's yeah. like, there's, there's things that just make it you're like, you know, same. It's like. I when people ask, where do you want to live? It's like I'm living there. This is right. where I want to live. Right. That's I'm, it. I'm exactly here. This is yep. what I want to do. And yep. it's like, why? Man, I can't explain it. Right. It's too. There's too much history. There's too right. many things. And yeah. Well, that's the thing about it. Like, man, I know my dad just come up here with his friends and just rip it. Yep. A good time. Like then I do that. And like, what if my kids do that too? Like that's just that. That's the cool. one kind of cool thing about the small dunes is the fact like you can see pictures. The amount of like I like um. Some of the pages on Facebook, you know, like the the Facebook groups that people will share, like picture Polaroids. They'll take a cell phone picture on the table of, right? You know, like from the seventies, the eighties, and they'll post that stuff. And it's like, dude, I've been at that same beach, right. the exact same that. spot, like yeah. hundreds of times. Yeah. And now, like, here's a picture of like two hundred old VW buggies because mm-hmm. that's what people drove in like right. that time. And it's yeah. just like that's the exact same exact same spot. Right. Right. So, the, yeah, that aspect of kind of the small side, you know, same, Test Hill over the year, you hear all the stories of what it used to be or what it right. didn't used to be. Yeah, the that part is what's so cool to me of, right. you know, almost even the same. People, You know, if you could have a time machine, where would you go? I'd go to Silver Lake, but yeah. like 40 years ago, right, I would right. still be here. Yeah. I just want to see it in a different era. Yeah, certainly. And, it, and it's interesting, too, because every time you go out there, it's different. It's yeah. just like... The hills have their uh, mind of their own, and you know you try to explain that to people. Like, yeah, I just go out there, rip it. Like, yeah, but be careful, right? You got to watch for this, 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 and this. And then that spot, that's ch- you got that's changing all the time. You oh, can't, yeah. you don't know what that's gonna be like. So some people, I like, should tell you right now, you haven't been out there. Yeah, I, I haven't was, been out there this year. Yeah, they're a little. They changed up Thursday night. Pretty yeah. sketchy. I mean, yeah. people have been driving. I was out there yesterday, and like. There's a couple spots where I went through. I was like, "Oh, last week this wasn't here." Right. Okay, okay. Mental yep. note. Yeah, there's you, you the, that like, thing's always happening. Constantly be paying attention to stuff, and it's 
yeah, that's the fun part. It's it it adds the adrenaline piece, right? Yeah. And just knowing a little bit about uh, how crazy it can be. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's just been kind of part of my life for a long time. And you know, my uh, my wife, she used to go up with me too. She got hurt in two thousand eight. She broke her pelvis. She was going over Sunset Hill. Just kind of, it was her first time going in front of me. Okay, what was she on? She, she was, was on a quad. Okay, riding yeah. her own quad, yep. Yep, it was a, a Trailblazer 250 <gasps> Polaris, so like a little two-stroke yep. 250. And then I was on a, a Yamaha Raptor 700, and it was her first time riding on the dunes. She'd been riding quads for a long time. Like, she was competent, but riding on her own on the dunes was her first time. And I would always pace it out for her, right? So she'd come up behind me, and i just, you know, all you gotta do is hit my match my pace yeah and just follow fine. me yep and you you will crest over perfectly it's going to be smooth or we can stop at the top don't worry about it well she was getting confident right that's one of the things that when you're getting on the dunes especially for the first time you build that confidence too quick you yeah something you're not ready to do and that's what happened so she went over the hill in front of me and she was just going way too fast okay and, yep. uh, even on a little 250 it's hard to get going too fast on that, that little thing but you know she just got got too much speed up and i i just couldn't quite catch her in time. I literally, she on that same hill earlier in the day, I had gone up before her and she um, started like tipping backwards. Yeah, kind of like wheeling over, exactly. over it. And I jumped off like Superman style and grabbed the front end and pulled it down. I was like, <laughs> Saved you. Yeah. And this last time I jumped off my quad, man, just stalled out the top and I couldn't grab hers and she went endoed it and uh, broke her pelvis, right? So oh. we had to do the whole ambulance thing. And, yep, been there, um, done that once. <laughs> it's no fun. No, you, know? it's a... you, can, you think that the, you can clean sand out of your hair at a hospital, but you, oh, like, you can't. No. You can't. It's just, it's just there. And uh, so either way, she, she hasn't really gone back since then. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, I've had, you know, my, my brother, he's 10 years older than me, but, you know, he's been going up his whole life too. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's a whole thing, but we're kind of linking it back to what you're saying with with desert, right? Yep. Where's that linkage point? Um, it's weird how there is a linkage. One, it not every place has a place where you can run like a pre runner truck. Uh, yeah, you know? I mean, so yeah, coming from the Michigan standpoint, there's not, right. you know, just acreage. You know, it's it's different. Right. You know, we do have state land, and yep. you know, I've grown up in, you know. Um, well, now I can't even think of what's the forest here. It's uh, Manistee? Manistee National yeah. Forest. Yep. I've grown up in Manistee. Na- yeah, I can't even think of it. I've grown up here my whole life. I know several like seasonal roads, some like yeah. two tracky. I know some places can I can go. Yep. And I've taken my truck to them, but you know, at the same time, you can't run ten tenths, right? Yeah. You can't just be wide open. Yeah. When I am doing those, I'm caught because they are a seasonal road. They're two way, so someone can be coming the other way. Yep. Like. Yeah, it's not like I'm out in the dunes, wide open, ripping. There's not spaces that you can go do that, like, out west. So it is, it's, I do, that's what I, yes, I'm kind of, like, uh, wanting to see your, yes, you're someone that I link to with your podcast where I was like, this dude's, like, the same. He's Mm -hmm. here in Michigan, and he's going to where the off-road is. Because, yeah, if you're outside of dunes here, you know, I've I've learned of a few other spots. I know there's, like, St. Helen has some, like, sandy whoops up north and... But yeah, to take a full size truck to, you know, if you got quads and the UTV, the UTVs, there's you can get into more spots. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot more yep. spots. But for me, you know, someone like myself, full truck. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. So yeah, what were you you were getting to the relation of yeah. yeah what that out west is? Yeah. So there's another part of it. There's some. There's a strange connection with a group of people, the Martelli brothers, um, Matt okay. and Josh Martelli. So they, if people don't know that, they're from Mad Media. 
the best connection is Jim Connor. The first ever Jim Connor mm, videos yeah. were produced by Mad Media. Okay. Well, the Martelli brothers used to live in Kalamazoo. They moved uh, out to San Diego, did Jim Connor, all that stuff. Um, but now they own the Mint 400, which is a desert race out yeah, there. Yeah, okay. So yep. they own and run Mint 400. Right, they they own UTV Underground now. Yeah, that's their job is planning and running that event. Exactly. Yeah, it probably takes a whole year and a staff yeah. to yep. plan it, that. It's a whole it's a whole endeavor. But they've got this weird connection back here, right? Okay. Blake Wilkie comes out here. Yeah, yeah. I've, right? I'm, he does Dirt Fest. He's been to the Dunes. Blake is someone that I link up with. Yeah, I just yep. was in Oklahoma with him like three weeks ago. Yep. I've been in Oklahoma with him a couple of times. I've been in Cali with him. Yeah, so, he comes so out here. Weird, there's this weird connection because the, Michigan. It's no. It's it's like a, a strange destination. To, to think of having sand dunes like yeah. you do. Um, whereas out west, it's just kind of like... That's it is very interesting watching right? West Coast guys come here yeah. and seeing the reactions. You know, it's the it's exact... smaller, it's tighter, yeah, right? it's, it's the exact same reaction when Michigan people go west. You know, like right. us, we're fascinated with the mountains, the big right. rocks, the boulders they have, you know, yep. all that type of terrain where it's like, this is all we see, what do you mean? That's, that's just a rock, it's another mountain. Mm -hmm. They come here and then it's like, this tree has so many leaves, there's a whole forest over there. It's like, right. what do you mean? Yeah, there's forests everywhere. This is Manistee National right, Forest. Right, right, right. But that's where I'm, I... It's kind of weird thinking, yeah, I'm 30, and in the last maybe five years, I've only kind of realized, which a lot of it is, yeah, I've traveled, you know, I've traveled mm -hmm. out west now, I've kind of uh, experienced some more things, yeah. where, yeah, now I realize, it's like, oh, okay, Michigan is pretty, like, unique, and yeah. you come here, yeah, you're in the forest, you're in the tree. The thing I like about Silver Lake and the area is, like, even Michigan's a pretty flat state, there's yeah. not yep. a lot of elevation change. Yep. But, like, you get to Silver Lake and you're driving up here. Part of the exciting thing that I always loved about the drive here before I lived here yeah. was, like, you knew you are getting close when you're getting on the highway and you're getting in the hills. You're yeah. like, okay, sweet, I'm getting in the hills. We're starting to get into Shelby Hard yeah. area. I'm getting close. That All that type of stuff was relatable to me of, like, that's what yeah. I like. Well, and right now, so, you know, driving up this morning, it, the sun is rising. Oh, I bet with the colors the changing colors right now. Ch color oh. changing is right now is perfect. perfect. We're about prime time for it. Oh, my goodness. It was like, this is the best colors I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It's just, yeah. That type of stuff awesome. that, yeah, you take for granted. And right, it's taken right. me, yeah, me living here my whole life and going to other places. It's like, oh, okay, people, you know, right outside the window I have right here. I have right. red trees, yellow trees right now. I mean, every yeah. color you can think of, there's leaves yep. and they're blocking the road i can't even see the road right right because there's all these trees and it's like right. oh that's pretty unique and cool yeah. and then also there's dunes right next door right yeah so yeah so it's it's a weird connection because it, it allows you to do that and that's one of the reasons why i'm drawn to off-road going back yeah. to that like you can be 10 out of 10 uh in a in a run and, and and it's okay right you've got space to do that um whereas street cars i think you and adam dooling might have talked about this too but from a streetcar standpoint, it's hard to find the right spaces to, to really open your vehicle up. You mm. know? Yeah, that's, I don't know if we did talk. I know that's something I have thought of, though. Of like, I listen to enough podcasts, I'm not even too sure. Yeah, I know exactly. Anymore. Stuff like, blends together. I think so, but maybe not. No, it's it maybe because it's a thought I have thought of. The thing I've always enjoyed, like, I've never had issues with, like on the street with like yeah. law and breaking the law and right. like speed, really, because. Silver Lake is, I've always been, since I've had my license, I've been driving at Silver Lake where right. it's always kind of been my place to like, I'm a speed fanatic. Right. So that's like my fix to where then I don't feel the needs where I have. I've stayed away from streetcars. Like, yeah. I've even, I've had motorcycles, but I specifically, I had a Harley before. I've yeah. had, I've had cruiser bikes. I never would yeah, buy a rocket because I'd be like, yeah. if I own a crash rocket, we can do 160, thing. I'm going to go 160. Yeah. And I don't need to go 100. You know, right. that would literally was my process where, 
I had a Harley. That thing would do 120. And right. I know it would do 120 because that's what it would do. Right, or it was right. like, but it was pissed and angry doing that. So where, <laughs> okay, this is a bike that this yeah. thing likes to do about 80 and 70, 80, and that's comfortable on the highway. Yeah. But until then, a point where I was like, yeah, this is just still dangerous. I'm just right. a moving target. I, yeah. But it's that type of stuff where, yeah, the street stuff for me, yeah, it was like, oh, I'm good. Like, I don't feel the need to, like, be speeding everywhere to do it. It's always right. been fixed. It's just like, I'll just get out to the dunes. I'll do it out there. Yeah. I'll speed over these these whoops. Or, yeah. yeah, it is a very unique thing to have yeah. here in the West Michigan. Yeah, and if you think about, you know, kind of relating it back to either Mustangs or, sorry, muscle cars or sports cars or something like that, you can get into autocross events. You can get yeah. into tracks the the dollar value investment starts to go up to to be able to you know entry yes. fees and stuff like that and it's a little bit more coordination, um, it's possible but like that's that's one of the things I've always enjoyed about off road or snowmobiling right it's like you can get out there and rip it and there's spaces to do it and the, although the consequences are still high from a safety standpoint you know from a legal standpoint it's 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 good yeah like, just roll with it that's one of the big things too so me. Now my background racing dirt bikes and then doing specifically I've I've stayed away from snowmobiles for mm-hmm. the aspect that I know if I get on them I will love them yeah and I will then want to do them and I will then have to have one yep. and, and the whole slow one the whole snowball effect of well that is a hobby that I cannot afford to add to my mm-hmm. repertoire at the moment yep so I can't have anything to do with it but I've I am always been fascinated with, especially Michigan, having access to the UP. Yeah. So you, being someone I know is an avid snowmobiler, I'm interested to get what's it like living, especially in the lower part of Michigan. Yeah. Because do you go to the UP quite often? Yep. To then to get to the snow that you exactly. want it. So unfortunately, yeah. yes. Yeah. Get into like some of yeah. yeah. Uh, for a lot of Silver Lake people, I'm out there imagining can relate. Yeah. We have a shutdown season of our dunes, and a lot of people, I'm sure, transfer over to the sledding and snowmobiling yeah. uh, for the season. Yeah, it it used to work out great. You know, I say used to is uh, when winters, we used to get really hammered here. Yeah, the, the the winters have changed. You know, the climate's changed, and that that's just how it is. But, um, you know, you ride the dunes, do the off road trails because Michigan has beautiful yeah. ATV or RV trails across. Uh, across the state right and, and including the up um but when you get in a snowmobile season or when that season dies off you get in the snowmobile season it's just like it's a it used to be a perfect transition you know um for me snowmobiles i always preferred that over anything else um the the speed factor the honestly it's you, you never get dirty right like uh, yeah you, you if you get good equipment you're you're warm you know, you're, you can be comfortable. Uh, it's just like, you know, you ride snowmobiles for a whole day. If you ride ATVs for a whole day, right, you're just disgusting and yeah, filthy. Yeah, you're super you're like, sweaty, super sandy. Yeah, like this is just going to take, this is going to yeah. take a while to get this, the, the quad cleaned up or the bike, the bike cleaned up, yourself cleaned up. Snowmobile, you're like, yeah, well, I think we're good, man. You good? Yeah, good. Well, I, I smell, sh- smell like exhaust, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, everyone loves that. But smell. like, you're, you, you know, you you don't even have to clean your sled if you don't want to. It's it's fine. But uh, so that was one thing that was really cool about it. And um, the trails, like in UP, you could you could ride. So for me, I like to put on miles. You know, okay. destination just cover ground and cover like ground. see see different things. Right. I love that. Just be able to say, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna hit this spot. 
and we're gonna hit that spot. We're gonna hit this restaurant. We're gonna hit that gas station. We're gonna hit this bar, whatever it is. Yep. And, so uh, you're, yeah. So it's like you're linking together like a route where you're like, right. yeah, exactly. We gotta, we got m- enough gas to get to this destination. Exactly. Then we're gonna have to do a stop. Well, yeah. Okay. That was always my thing, and I like to go fast in the process. So there's a couple people that you know I've ridden with over the years. My and my dad rode snowmobiles, you know, his whole life too. Okay, so so same thing, yeah. Then and my brother too, right? He he's ridden snowmobiles his whole life. Honestly, he's a much better rider than me. I don't know if he'll <laughs> listen to this show, but he is he is better. Uh, you know, but either way, you, you get out out in these uh, in the UP. The trails are pretty wide, so you feel safer, and you can just rip 80, 90, 100 for miles. Just I mean, I'm like 20, 30 miles. You, yeah, you can put on three hundred miles yourselves. a day. And feel good about it. You can trek the the UP. Yeah, and you're you're you get back. You're like, wow, that was like that was amazing. Um, but then you can also you find little spots you can rip off and do little jumps or do some yep. some, some carving, um, hit tree stumps, break stuff. I mean, you can do like you can do all that stuff. And then uh, sometimes you go, you always have the, the night rides that you go out on and get a little crazier. Like my my brother and I, him and I have ridden so much together. Like we know how to ride hard with one another. Yep. So know? it's one of those things. If it's probably like if you get together, you're probably like, oh, I don't normally ride ride this right. fast unless I'm with him. Yeah. Kind no, of me thing. And my brother are going like <laughs> we go hard. You don't want to ride with us if me and him are together. If I'm with somebody new, you know, because you 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 can end up riding too close and hit somebody really quickly, right? At snowmobile accidents, from a safety standpoint, they they happen and they're high. Yeah, I guess. So, so yeah, if you're low. talking, you if you are able to just be cruising at an eighty to hundred mile an hour, right? And you're able to get into a state where you're like you you get comfortable cruising right. hundred miles an hour, then like I think yeah, you're processing time on like oh, stuff yeah. happens quick at hundred yeah. mile an hour. Yeah. yeah. So like if you ride with someone that's you know not experienced or doesn't know your style of riding, when you're gonna back down, when you're not, uh, you can get yourself into trouble. But like my brother and I, we know we can bump skis, you know, and and just get at it fast. And I can get in within two or three inches of his bumper. Yeah. I know he's not. You know stopping. how he's reacting exactly. Right. I know what it means when he touches his brake. I know I don't have to touch my brake if he taps his. Okay, yeah, he's so, not locking them up. Right, things like that. So you yep. learn those things over time, but. Uh, but yeah, lately, man, the, the snow has been really rough. Um, you know, I have to, tr- the, my last trip that I did was seven hours to, to get to, from your place home, telling yep. your, all your stuff, get yep. into a, I mean, I, I literally drove past a cabin that my family owns <laughs> that you used that to has, snowmobile from. Right, it had a, amazing trails all the way around. I could pop in there and for free. Right. Yep. And I drove past it by four hours. Right. <laughs> to get to, to go to pr- try to find somewhere, and the snow still sucked. Right. Uh, it was still that. That's one of the things that was always challenging with snowmobiling is uh, the the conditions could really impact how fun, how much fun you had. Yeah. Because right? you you can damage the sleds if you don't have enough snow. Um. You you can just see that the maintenance expenses tick up when you're running on low snow. You're like. Yep. Oh, that's twenty bucks. All right. Oh, that's thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's not as comfortable. It's not as fun. You can't go as fast sometimes. But uh, so I actually I literally sold my snowmobile yeah. after my trip last year. I was like, me and my my buddy who the same guy who went out west of me. We were driving home and we were both complaining like, gosh, wow, we're always doing this. Yeah, why do we do this? And I was like, I'm selling mine. I'm selling mine too, man. <laughs> you know, every I think every snowmobile in Michigan over the past five years has said that. Yeah, like selling everything I own I'm done. tomorrow. I'm done, <laughs> and uh, and I got home and I was like, I talked to my wife and I was like, I'm selling it. She's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, so oh, it's February fifteenth. <laughs> yep, that's about about the time you say that every year. And uh, 
know this year I put it up for sale, man. I sold my trailer and my sled. Oh and, man. Uh, and I, I it was all paid off, so I got got some cash. I was like, this is kind of nice. Then COVID hit, and I was like, boom! <laughs> perfect timing. I'm Time so that glad perfect, I, I sold this thing, you know? <laughs> and uh yeah, so it was it, it it's it's been tough, but this has been my first winter. You gonna try to go one winter without it? Yeah, my first time. Yeah. You know, since I, I and I had what a couple of years ago, I had three sleds, so I'd already whittled it down to one. Okay, but yep. It, it, it's uh, I don't know. We'll see if I'm done or not. You can rent them, right? Yep. Uh, you know, I was thinking of my 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 plan now is I'm just gonna fly to Canada, just somewhere. go where the snow is go good snow and is. rent one. Rent one, like which one? Oh, that maintenance is done on that already. All right, sweet. Like, give me that one. You know, I've kind of been thinking because that's I have a connection. I I forget Utah or Montana. I forget where he lives now all the time. Yeah. But out there, and he has a sled. But same thing. Yep. And he was like, "Dude, if you come out, we can rent you a sled." Yep. He goes, "I can take you out, or we can rent a sled and like have a guy take us out." Yep. Blah, blah, and I'm like, I'm coming aspect of like, dude, I don't even ride a sled. Yeah. Like how he's like, yeah, but you ride a butt. He's like, I think he's like, we you could handle. Do you know it. the body mechanics on a trail. If you know the body mechanics yeah. of a bike or an ATV or something, you're fine. But it's more of the, yeah, I've looked into it to the point where it's exactly. Yeah. I haven't bought in a sled. I haven't gotten into it because I've looked at the pain and torture of it's, the sledders. And it's now, Grant, if we start getting hammered again. Oh, I'm, I'm back into a sled. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I might pick one up. It's yeah. going to be hard not to. But as while we're not, you know, while the season, one of the things I wanted to get into snowsho- snowshoeing out in the oh, dunes last year. Yeah. So I was cool. all pumped for living up here. I'm two miles away. I was like, sweet. I'm going to right access. I'm going to snowshoe. Yeah. Never even got covered out there with snow last year to go yeah. snowshoeing once. So oh, I had no hobbies last winter to do. I didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But uh, there's nothing like a sled. I mean, everybody says that, right? Everything has its own unique experience. But um do you ever uh, just... you ever take a sled out in the dunes? I've seen no, it. I saw a guy just like yeah. three weeks ago. I had a sled out there. It looked yeah. it looked a little nice. I don't know much about sleds other than it was it looked the the body lines on it looked new. Yeah. Okay, and it looked shiny. Yeah, and it looked really nice to be out was there. Was it four stroke or two stroke? Um, it's probably four stroke. Yeah, I think it was a four stroke because I don't yeah. remember the I don't remember two stroke ring off of it yeah. and smoke. So it yeah. definitely probably was a four stroke. Yeah, it was white. Had some like black and red graphics. It's probably and I just, Yamaha. I was looking at it just going like, that looks like maybe brand new and the yeah. guy just can't wait. And he's like, <laughs> screw it. Screw these. Maybe yeah. he was going to like, what What kind of damage would like, say, what is, I've always wondered, not knowing anything about snowmobiles, the guys that take them out there, yeah. who's, you know, because yeah, this, I'm looking at this, this thing, someone either dropped a bunch of cash or just signed a big finance statement yeah. on this thing. And I was just like, dude, he's either balling or he just doesn't care or he's, that's brand new. He's just going to change all that stuff out anyway. Yeah, it could thought. be. If you got the money, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like that um, belt, the skis, he was yeah, just going to change it all. The first thing that I'd be panicked about is the rear skid is all based off of friction. So, like, the whole mm. the whole track, I mean, it has wheels on it, um, but there's a lot of friction. So that, Yeah, uh, so you, in snow, it doesn't matter because it's right. cold, it's icy. It's... Every, yeah, that's basically, you know, if you run at it like a, you, you can drag race a snowmobile at a track, right? Yeah. As long as you have the right setup, but they'll run cooling lines down there. Okay. Um, and basically, you know, cool the skids down, or or they you can put wheels on them too if you if you want to. But uh, basically, there's like a plastic slider that is a wear item. Yeah. You know, so you burn through those really quickly. So that at a minimum. Uh, but I'd be more concerned about the sand getting it everywhere else inside the uh, rear yeah. skid. Like they're not. It's well, snowmobiles are high revving motors right. too. So you're and they're designed 
like the track is designed to kick snow back up into it to cool itself. So, uh, so all, it's pouring sand right. up into itself. Right. Okay, that's what so I if imagine. You're, if you're running a sled, you know, normal tune just down a trail and you don't have enough snow, you might overheat. Uh, Even okay. if it could be 20 below and you might overheat. If you're not getting enough snow, snow coming into it, that's how they up, operate. Right. Okay. So like it literally, you know, the, the um you know, your radiator basically runs underneath the, where the track's at. Yep. So it's not getting the cooling, you're you're toast. Um so I don't if you if you tune it right and if you have a, a different type of like I know at the track, right, some people will run different cooling lines through there, you're fine, but I would want to rip that skid apart right away. <laughs> I've just always been curious. I've seen the amount of, sli- I've seen the either like two styles. Bearings, I've seen like skids. super old looking, like that looks like somebody just bought that for 300 right. bucks. Right. Slapped a piston in it, got it running and brought it up here. Yep. But then I've also, like I said, seen like that looks like a brand new right. sled. But yeah. i tell you what though, it would probably be a badass experience. Like, <laughs> to rip one out there. I'm sure it would. I think the first time I really saw it, like there uh Dooney's has them there's okay. a couple freestyle if you watch the Dooney's yeah. videos that monster makes yep. Yep. they've like Dooney's three i think has they brought some freestyle sled guys out to glamis yeah. and they're jumping their sleds out there and it, yep. yeah it's it's like that's insane they're just amazing. launching those things yeah it'd be amazing and i've the past couple two sleds i've had were you know relatively fast when i say relatively fast like the, you're never the fastest right but uh, yeah you know i had my last one was 1100 turbo four stroke and it was 225 horsepower it weighed maybe 630 pounds or something. And uh, so it would move fast. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's just yeah. kind of, that's scary. I mean, it would, like, it was, <laughs> zero to 60 was a couple seconds, you know, when you get a good hook. And, uh, it, but that that was what was fun about it. You just, you know, you just sits back, especially if you got your suspension set up right. You sit back, your skis come up about six, seven inches off the snow, and you just, just rock it. Well, what are you going to be doing this winter then to counteract? You're gonna, you're not producing shows, or yeah. you, what does it say? Do you got some ideas? I of... might sleep, right? Like, sleeping? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you going to be doing this winter? No, I. That's a great question. I don't have a great answer to that. Now, I will tell you, I've been exercising a lot more lately. Uh, you know, with stopping the show, and uh, so that's that's one thing. And I got into RC trucks. Oh, I have been watching oh, your RC goodness. progression, and uh, it looks. I I would say several weeks ago I was watching like some stories and I was watch I was like, man Josh got bit hard he's in it yeah, like you're like, in. I mean, this, compared to snow I would say pennies, so but. get into some RC trucks because honestly the yeah. RC world in Silver Lake too I it's another thing another expensive hobby people all the time dude they're exactly like your truck you should buy one I'm like I'm like how expensive was that A Army I'm like exactly I know how expensive right. I can't own another it's too expensive <laughs> you can. I was like, cause yeah. same thing. I can't just, I can't just buy one for like the kit and then be like, oh, right. this is, ch- this is chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody I know that has them. Oh yeah, you gotta. I snap both the arms off right away and then you snap the. Other. So yeah, what do you have? What's some of your RC setup stuff? Yeah, Dude, you're doing like comps even now, aren't you? Yeah, I did my first comp the other day. Um, but my the ones that I'm into now are crawlers. So yeah, they're the like crawl stuff. Yeah, it's slow speed. You know, it's simulating rock crawling. And uh, I'm not gonna lie though. I mean. The, I don't think my my wife never listened to any of my other shows. She won't listen to this. She knows <laughs> yeah. that I've spent too much money on it, but I've got like probably eleven hundred bucks invested in my little competition truck. That that's what I mean. Where like when people are like, Oh, get into this thing, I'm like, 
no, I need $1,100 for my real truck. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I'm embarrassed. Like, I'm sitting, I'm looking around, like, is anybody else looking in at me? Like, I'm embarrassed to say that. Dude, I can't but, even imagine. Some of the, no, I'm sure there's several people. I've, I've looked at all the little parts at some of the shops in town, and yeah, I'm just like, dude, oh, this is sc- insane. I scaled back. My truck's <laughs> barely competitive, right? Like, it's it's insane. Yeah, for the guys that have gone full-fledged that yeah. are, like, in it, they're like, yep, best of everything for yep. my car. I'm buying all this stuff. But so like I got it, I bought one, I bought my kids, um, two little trucks each and then myself one last year. And I was like, man, this is cool. I want to do something more with it. Be, be competitive. And, uh, so I started building this competition truck and, you know, you buy a kit and you're like, whoa, I mean, that's badass. I'm going to buy that too. Right. And then you start tacking all these things on. And then, then I went to this competition. I think it was last Wednesday or two Wednesdays ago. And I mean, I, I didn't lose, lose, lose. Like I wasn't the worst and I didn't embarrass myself, but. I fe- I did not feel good about my performance. I was yeah, like, damn. I, going into it, I guess. Yeah, where were you just literally like, I have no clue. We'll see where it goes out. Or were you you came out a little lower than what your anticipation was? Well, it sounds okay. Like. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk you through the whole thing. So there's there's a strategy to these specific RC competitions. There's scale points, and then there's performance points. So scale is like the more realistic it is, the more points you get. Okay. Right? Based then, on its appearance, yeah. and okay. And then from a performance standpoint. The more mistakes you make, the worse off you are. Yes. Okay. So your goal is to have essentially the lowest score. So from a scale standpoint, you might get, you start off before the race even begins. They'll go through and they'll say, okay, you've got uh, a little accessory here. Oh, perfect. You've got a, a hard body. Perfect. You've got windshield wipers. Perfect. You know, and you've got an interior. Well, all these things add scale points so that you go into the negative before you start your race. Uh, okay. Yep. But, uh, but all those things add weight. So in the wrong spots, right? Up oh, okay, higher yeah. up on the vehicle. Yep. So your your center of gravity is is thrown way off. So but you can get negative points. And then when you do your when you drive and perform it, uh, every time you make a mistake, you get a positive point. So they have little gates you have to drive through. If you hit a gate, you get plus 10 points. If you back up, you get plus 1 point. If you roll over, it's like plus 10. Um if you have to use your winch, yes, I have a little electric winch that on you've got to use that them. You can like <laughs> you know, hooking the little like fake things in the course. It's ridiculous. Well, so they do but, that from an aspect of like it helps you save point. I mean, exactly. so, yeah, you're legitimately it's a strategy, competing. So, right? yeah, instead of picking your car up and moving, you have to use the hook and right. use the equipment you have on it. Right. I mean, I can see why people are getting so into it yeah. for the aspect of, yes, it's still expensive, but it is also not as expensive as building a full exactly competition like real rock crawler right. than, that that right. you roll and yeah. then have to repair yeah yeah that's exactly <laughs> right so either way so i'm going into this competition i'm building this truck and i i think i did a pretty good job it's my first time building it i'm i like things to be very clean and i went for full scale i'm like i'm gonna max this thing out scale okay points. you wanted to be like yeah i want to be the bottom right the best i, I want to start off as as great as possible in terms of scale and uh I get there and I'm looking at this first guy do this run and he's like just inching, getting his eyeballs down in there. I'm like, bro, it's an RC truck. Like, rip it, you know, get it in there. And uh, I'm thinking this guy is going to, I mean, he can barely get any of the things through. I'm like, his truck sucks. He's a bad driver. Like, I'm going <laughs> to come in here and just wipe the floor with these punks, you know? And uh, he finishes his run and his score was a 27. And, and, oh, actually, just to, to, so you know, at this specific competition, they weren't using scale points. So every other competition, they use scale points and not scale points. So my strategy is blown off the bat. Oh, so it didn't even matter. Yeah. Yes. So I'm looking around these other trucks, like, look at these punks. None of them got, none of them got any scale features. I was like, hey, you guys ready to do the scale part? And he's like, 
oh yeah, we don't run those on Wednesday nights. You know, we only do scales scale comps on Sundays. Like, oh, okay, well, that's sweet. That's fine because I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe the floor with these punks anyways. Yeah. Oh, mental note: come on Sundays, not Wednesdays. Right. So I get in there. The first thing, the very first gate, I hit. I hit it. And I'm like, that's cool. I mean, it's not. It's my, my first time. I built an RC course in my backyard though, so I so actually been, do know how to drive it. Yeah, you're practicing. I've been practicing, but then I get. I hit the gate. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I get to the next one. Hit the gate. <laughs> then I roll it over. This other dude by this point had already gone. Like, these were easy for him. I'm like, I can't even do the easy part. Uh oh. Yeah. So, and he comes up. The same guy. Oh, I, he's he was such a such a help. He comes back up. He's like, hey, do you you, you want some coaching? Some guy. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> he's like, all right, do this, do that, do that. The, and the whole time, and uh, I finished with a plus sixty. And I thought that was the worst you could get. And the guy's like, honestly, with your setup, that was pretty good. Uh, now I find out that this guy wins these competitions like all the time. He's actually really good. So he was being Mr. Hump, Mr. Oh, yeah. well, that's nice of him. That right. That's the guy that you want to come up yeah. and get. He, the, the... he was very helpful. And once I, I just started listening to him and ignoring some of my own instincts, and I was doing much better at the end of the course. Yeah. But uh, the guy after me got a 75, though. Okay. And I got a 60. So I was like, okay, I'm not the worst, you know? And uh, my, my youngest son was there, and he's five. And he's like, Dad, like, I got to eat something. We got to, like, you got to take care of me, too. <laughs> yeah, so like... I ended up leaving the competition early. I don't know how it ended. I knew I didn't win. Um, but, uh, yeah, then I, immediately I got home, and I ordered, like, $120 worth of parts. Because you're like, okay, <laughs> I can get a lower score. I want to hit those gates. Yeah, you're analyzing. And... I just was like, the, and the guy told me, he's like, that rear bumper junk like you can't <laughs> yeah. be running that here like, don't come back with that again and that's uh, so awesome he, so i went and made a bunch of tweaks and now i gotta go back and try again but. well to be able to have the skill to put your ego immediately aside <laughs> is honestly a skill that takes like work to to honestly say all right well yeah i just watched this guy and in my own mind yeah i'm gonna wipe him up right. and then now three yeah you're a rollover in and that same guy's talking your ear and, and just yeah. to go yeah, cool. Tell me what, yeah, to, do. Tell me what to do. Versus I no get idea. away. I know what I'm doing, right. man. Like right. chew. Like right. even that takes a certain skill of like that. I think that it's that wanting to learn to progress. You're right. you definitely are like no. I want to be better. I yeah. want to make through. Yeah. How do I get through yeah. the, all these? It's amazing. That's a, with any hobby you get into. You realize how much harder it is than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, I just got into disc golf this year too. After doing stopping the podcast, I started. Ex- you've experimenting got- with things right? so yeah you're in explore time again right yeah. now you're trying new things so like i'm doing disc golf and i'm like this is gonna be a cinch you know it's just a frisbee yep and then i throw it 819 times to try to practice one throw and i still can't do it good and oh yeah uh, are you i like the people that have the bag you know the full kit and it's saying i've gone i've gone enough i've i've I have like three frisbees, a putter, a yep. driver, and like one other one. Yep. The basics. I had a buddy who was like, "What do I need to come get these That's ones?" It. That's Where it. Yeah. I go with him, he's got about eighty discs in there, and he's feeling this one and feeling this one. Ah, I'm like, which one? Just I got three. Yeah, I'm like, it. which one do I throw? Yeah, <laughs> yep. no, it's the same thing. I'm, now I'm up to like, I got sixteen discs, and uh, at first I was like, "Why do you need any?" And now I'm like, "Well." Yeah, this see, angle, you're into like, it deep. Bro, this angle is kicking off to the right a little bit more. I would have normally run this one, but I'm going to switch up and throw this one. <laughs> see, then, you just got, whatever it is, you've got the same thing that anybody that's in any of this has. is just that, like, curiosity yeah. of that I just want to learn things. And yeah, right. 
once you yeah like you said a minute ago anytime you start a hobby you start learning the niches of you find a couple of people that excel and you right. go well what does that guy excel and right, then you right. find out oh well he developed this technique to do this and he's like the only guy that can do it well it can't be that hard and then you try it and you're like wow that's really hard yeah like that's that guy's way really hard. good at doing that okay right. that's pretty crazy well and then uh this might be the last topic. I can't remember. Where we, I know. Yeah, we got to. We knew we were going to go over. <laughs> yeah, we got to get wrapping it up here. So uh, this will be probably the last thing. But, uh, you know, I ran a, an autocross race at the Proving Grounds. Uh, it was an employee event, but it was something that we sponsored. And uh, I ran an autocross race with my stock 2015 Ford Focus. Like, not the cool ones, the ST, right? No, it's like the, the bare bones, basic uh, Ford Focus. And I ran an autocross event there. And, uh, you know, there was like. 41 or 42 cars and i'm coming in this thing like not knowing what i'm doing either and uh but i know how to drive right well i uh i ripped through this thing and i i do get since it's a civic it's i get uh handicap points or not a civic sorry a ford focus i get handicap points okay so uh i finished sixth overall nice right? like it was a blast well i got into we were setting up a different autocross course there uh on friday and i got to run a uh a, a 2020 mustang gt through it you know, a performance car. Yeah, or a real like autocross a real car. Autocross yeah. Car. And I was like almost embarrassed. Now, I did have my track manager is a professional driver. And then we did have another professional driver there too. So they got to ride with me and like they're pretty critical. But uh, to notice like how sensitive the throttle input needs to be with my focus, I just mash it down. Yeah. So right? you're driving the focus. You're literally like, flat footing right. everywhere you're I just like smash it and go right yeah. it doesn't really matter if it's but now with a, a tool that actually has more than you need right. that you actually have to control right so i'm like woo, woo. And he's like dude you got like ease into the throttle like i'm trying man. <laughs> yeah. like, i just can't do it yeah. the g-forces man yeah and they're just telling me all these things that i wouldn't even think about and i've been i've been running high performance stuff i feel like most of my life and i just there's just all these little yep. tricks and stuff and I ran it like maybe 10 times and at the end they were like much better, right? Like, yeah, you I'm learned still quickly. hitting cones, you know? Yeah. And, and even I did a, we have a, a Genite skid pad. Genite is a, a, a coating you put over top of asphalt and it lowers the friction, like basically turns into ice when you have water on it. Okay. Yep. So we, we, we wet it down and, uh, you know, I was trying to, to do a, uh, constant radius drift in this Mustang, um, you know, I'm, I ride with these guys, and they're just like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, just doing it. Just doing it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, I love drifting stuff, like in <laughs> snow or on sand. Like, let's do this. And I spun out like 30 times. Yeah, I mean, trying to get a you. drift. Trying, trying to get into a, a full a, circle drift. A full circle drift. Like, uh, and it was all, he's like, why are you so jumpy with this throttle, man? I was like, I'm not trying to be. Just my foot doesn't know how to move this way. And, uh, but either way, by the end, I can, you know, three times out of 10, I can get a constant radius drift. And, uh, but you think about these guys, like they've been driving for 30 years yep. doing this same, like perfecting all their skills. And, uh, I want to get into it. Like, I don't know. I don't have 30 years or like 30 grand to throw into a auto. See, I think car. you got bitten by the same bug of me where it's everything, you, the need for speed. So you don't develop throttle control over the years. People... I do the one thing I have, it's like, man, I wish I had better throttle control. Anytime I'm on something, I wish I had better throttle control. Right. Because yeah, most of the time, everything I ever owned is always too slow. So it's always flat footed. Mm -hmm. You're literally like, oh, I can, you know, 
you know, it's just like, ah, oh, I've even had people in my own tribe like, oh, dude, I'm keeping up here. Like, this is pretty sick. Like, yeah. but I'm like, I'm flat footing it. <laughs> like, that's as fast as it goes. If it would go faster, I would. Right, it's I like, would your truck has double the horsepower yeah. as mine does. That's, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm like, if you get out in front of me, you can walk away. Yeah. Right. I don't have more. That's it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to throttle or control it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, it's good stuff though, man. But, dope well yeah. it was good to have you on good to, yeah it's good times i know from coming from the world of yeah wanting to start this i know i knew when i start, decided to start this yeah i was gonna get you in here one day to get on a show and glad we got you in here early on and good times yeah that's kind of the vibe of the show is just talk about yep dunes and we got the dunes in there a little bit some of your history some yeah. more history about yeah. you but and we're gonna go hit them right after this so yep yeah that's the plan the so. And hitting it, so awesome thanks for stopping by yeah, and uh yeah, thanks for listening. All right. I'll, actually, I'll close it with the same way I close out my show. All right, dope. Go for it. Have fun and ride safe. That's it.